Hello and welcome to the Bible Discussion Podcast. My name is Andrew Anderson. As always, I'd like to mention the congregation where I worship at. It's the Liberty Congregation in Dennis, Mississippi. That's in Tishomingo County in the furthest uh, northeast part of the state of Mississippi, right on the Alabama-Tennessee line here. And I would like to mention our worship times to you. On Wednesday night, we start our Bible classes at 7 p.m. And then on Sundays, on Sunday morning, Bible class begins at 9. And then worship service begins at 10. And then evening worship at 6 p.m. So if you're ever in the area of Tishomingo County, around Dennis, Mississippi, be sure and stop by Liberty. We'd love to have you. You'd be considered an honored guest. Hello and welcome to the Bible Discussion Podcast. My name is Andrew Anderson. Now, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to everybody. Um, uh, first off, I am okay. I've got several emails and messages from people making sure that I was okay. Uh, I put a message on the Facebook group the other day letting people know that it was really busy and I was going to try to get a podcast done this past week. Unfortunately, that did not happen, and I am very sorry. Um, I love doing this. I love having this work where I can try and and help people to learn, and sometimes between work and the kids and everything, you know, it just, everything piles up, and I, I know a lot of you are parents, and you understand, but uh, regardless, I apologize for not getting one this past week. Now, uh, I recently put a video on the Facebook group that I recorded real quick, and I was talking about the Ten Commandments of Bible study, or being a Bible class teacher is what it was. And I had several people that liked that. And a uh, matter of fact, Brother David actually mentioned to me at church this morning that he liked it whenever he saw that short little video. But that made me think... <clears throat> A good topic, I thought, for today would be how do you break down a scripture? You know, that's important, <clears throat> not just for Bible class teachers, but for the average Christian. You know, you need to know how to properly use scripture. Now, what's the importance, first of all, of rightfully dividing the Word of God? You know, there's some... <sighs> What's the word I'm looking for? Unwelcomed tendencies present today. There's a tendency to study about the Bible without studying what's in the Bible. You know, people look at the history and they read all about the Bible in these commentaries, but they never read what's actually in the book. There's also a tendency to neglect the Bible in classes. They're are a lot of lesson helps that are prepared and quarterlies that get written by many teachers and they end up failing to use the Bible in the class. The Bible school or Bible class exists particularly solely for Bible study. Whether the class is called Bible school, Sunday school, Bible classes, whatever, the important thing is the Bible should be what is being taught. It should not lose its place in the Bible class. You know, um, 
I know I have several people that are members of the Baptist Church that listen to this podcast. Now, I'm glad you're here. But one thing that I've noticed through the years is that people who are members of the Baptist Church, including myself, used to be, you know, I, I converted to the Church of Christ, but I was a member of the Baptist Church for my young life. That's where I was brought up. And we tended to put more emphasis on the Bible class, the Bible school, we called it, than we did preaching and worship service. I mean, we did. You would have a bigger crowd for the Bible school than you would for preaching at times. Now, the Bible needs to be taught. In my opinion, Bible class is one of the most important things because that's in general when that's when a lot of people unfortunately are getting their they're getting a hundred percent of what they're learning from that bible class i mean that's what it amounts to um that's not where you need to be doing it you need to be getting a portion of it from the bible class but you need to be getting most of it at home at work wherever you may be because you're not ever going to get out of the milk of the Scripture and get into the meat of the Scripture unless you're doing it more so than just, what, two hours a week? You know, maybe three if you have some kind of third Bible class, maybe three hours a week. You need to be studying when you're at home. Now, there's also a tendency to emphasize method over content. The way you're delivering is more important than the content you're putting out. There's a tendency to treat the uh, Bible class program as a necessary stepchild. Breaking down a scripture means that a person is taking the larger and serving it in smaller portions. Such as 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The RSV renders that verse as, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Either way, scriptures are to be rightly divided, not wrongly divided. And they're to be handled rightly, not handled wrong. The process of breaking down a passage. Now, the first step, in my opinion, is prayer. We need to ask God to help us see what we need to learn from this. Prayer is so important when you're studying the Bible. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks to us today through the Word. And if we want to understand what the Holy Spirit had these authors pinned down, then it makes sense that we speak and ask Him to help us understand what He has laid out for us. We need to know something about the overall book in which the verse, the passage appears. Is it Old Testament? Is it New Testament? Does it have to do with law, history, literature, prophecy? biography. We need to become familiar with overall context. 
you might need to consider more than just the single passage you're considering. Because the truth is, you might be limiting yourself and God. If you focus on one passage, let's say John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? Or should not perish but have everlasting life, according to which version you're looking at. All right, if you read that verse and you take that as 100%, that's all I need to know, then you won't notice, for example now, that John chapter 3 is not just about belief. A lot of people use John 3.16 and say it's just belief is all that's required. They do. But John chapter 3 is... I like the way another preacher put it one time, is soaking wet. There's baptism mentioned. There, It's all in chapter 3. You see it there when Jesus is speaking with Nicodemus. Born of water and spirit. Born again of water and spirit. So if you don't take into account those other scriptures surrounding John 3.16 you could come up with that idea that it's belief only that saves us. You have to look at what's surrounding John 3.16 also. It's a continual conversation. It's not just that and then you're done. Also, you need to look at who is the author of the text, who wrote the passage, who's speaking or being quoted in the passage, was the speaker inspired or uninspired? You know, a lot of people will read the Apocrypha. I had a person ask me the other day about the Apocryphal books. You know, the Apocrypha is very good reading for history, but they're uninspired writings. We do not put them in today's canon of the Bible of inspired writings. But a lot of people tend to look at them as though they were inspired writings. They're good history, but they're not inspired. To whom is the text addressed? What do we know of the people that are being wrote to? Their, their situation, their history, the reason for addressing the book to them, the text to them. What's their relation to God, and how were they serving Him? What was their particular problems and weaknesses? Look at the books of, let's say, Corinthians and the books of Ephesians, and the book of Ephesians. Those letters were being written, one to the church at Corinth, and the other to the church at Ephesus. They had different types of people there. They had different problems they were dealing with in the church. It was a different geographical area. So you have to keep these things in mind when you're reading these books, and that's something that helps you to break down these scriptures. Who Who is the text speaking about? You know, you've got the Ethiopian eunuch asked that same question in Acts 8.34. And... So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? We need to know the person discussed in the text in order to appreciate what is said to or 
about them. For example, to know something of the background of the Philistines, the Samaritans, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, Corinth or Rome, will help us better understand the text. If you were reading a book about World War II, and you knew nothing about the, let's say, for example, you knew nothing about the any of the countries involved. Let's say you didn't know anything about the uh, United Kingdom. You didn't know anything about Britain, um, Germany, Japan, America. If you didn't know anything about them, then you would have a hard time understanding some of those things. Now, I might not know as much about Britain or Germany as I do about the United States, but knowing what little I know helps me to understand it better. What's the, or excuse me, when was the text written? A knowledge of when the text was written will help us to determine under what law the statement was made. This will help us to see if the text has direct application to our lives. For example, if it was written in the Old Testament, then we know that we're under the New Covenant. So if you read about Noah building an ark in the New Testament, I mean, excuse me, in the Old Testament, then you know that's not something that we are commanded to do in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament. It was a direct command given to Noah. You know, there's a lot of people that want to take things from the Old Testament and bind them on New Testament Christians. For example, people talking about the Sabbath, worshiping on the Sabbath on Saturdays. You know, the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath is on Saturday, for the people who don't know that. And there are some groups that want to keep the Sabbath to this day. Um, Seventh-day Adventists, for example, like to keep the Sabbath day, Saturday. That's old law. If you're going to keep that, then why aren't you keeping animal sacrifices and all the other things that you had to do, being kosher, you know, the many things they had to do in the old law? You're just going to pick and choose? Look for what the passage is actually saying rather than what you would like for it to say. You don't study with the hope of confirming or proving something you've already come to the conclusion of. You're not studying to prove you're right. When you're studying the Old Testament, ask yourself, this is an important question now, really. What can I learn from this passage that will help me to be a better New Testament Christian on this side of the cross? Our lesson this morning was talking about King Saul. And David broke down that, that Old Testament lesson, and he gave it New Testament principles. And he did a very good job with it. I loved that lesson this morning. My wife loved it too. She, we were talking about it just a second ago on the way home. 
write down the ideas that come to you from the passage. Be open to other passages, Bible stories, that some of those thoughts may lead you to. Take sufficient time to reflect on the passage. A hurried mind and a hurried schedule will leave much of the passage behind. Determine what you can learn from the passage that will help you grow spiritually by increasing your knowledge and enable you to be able to share with others in order to help them. You know, I don't agree with his um, beliefs for the most part, but Billy Graham was a very influential and popular evangelical preacher. And Billy Graham made the comment later on in his life that he thought he had preached and taught too much and read and studied too little. He actually said that. You know, Billy Graham had a wonderful speaking ability. He did. He was a very powerful public speaker and could could lay it out there. I mean, he was great. But even he admitted that he did not study enough later on in life. His method the way that he presented his lessons was great. But the material therein, unfortunately, is going to be material that sends a lot of people in the wrong direction. It's going to send them south instead of north, if you know what I mean. We've got to understand the context of the scriptures that we're taking in We need to try our best to understand the history and everything surrounding them. Now, I'm not a huge study Bible fan because in the end you've got commentaries in study Bibles. You know, it's a human commentary on what you're you're reading in the Bible. It's human words inserted into the biblical text. But... Um, Bibles such as the Apologetics Press Study Bible, that is a Bible that was put out by members of the church, the study Bible that was, and it is one that I do recommend to people. Another one that I like is the English Standard Version Study Bible, the ESV Study Bible, and you've got to watch the ESV one for sure because you'll come across some premillennial doctrine in there sometimes in the in the commentary, but those type of Bibles will help you to understand the history because nine times out of ten, they'll have some type of outline and description of the history at the beginning of the book. So it's it's kind of apples to oranges, you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, however you want to put it. It's good and it's bad. You can use them and get a very, very good understanding of the history, just enough, in my opinion, to understand what's going on and with these people you're that are being wrote to in the Bible. 
but you've still got to watch for the fact that it's not inspired writing. It's just writing that was put there to help the reader. <clears throat> but that being said, I'm rambling now. Um, I know this lesson was probably something that is probably really easy for people to get. You know, it's breaking down a scripture is something that we need to understand how to do. And I, I want to mention this. I said earlier on in this lesson in the podcast that I was formerly a member of the Baptist Church. I will tell you right now, and this is just me um, talking about myself, being honest about myself, and about the people I was around. Most of the people I went to church with, and me included, did not study our Bibles enough. And the truth of it was, it showed in the false doctrine that we fell into just because a preacher said that that's what the Bible said. Nine times out of ten, I didn't even have a Bible with me at church. Probably over half the church did not have a Bible in their hand at church. So when the preacher read it and he said, this is what this says and this is what this means, nine times out of ten... We just said, well, he's the expert. He's the man. So if he said it, I guess that's right. And the truth of it is, if you stop and think about it, I don't think that's a good way to um, entrust your soul. I, I don't think that's a good way to look at your soul and say, well, I guess what he says is right, because it could have eternal consequences, folks. So, all that being said, I'm about to have to go to work for night shift, but read your Bibles, break down these scriptures, understand the history, the context, what's going on, and it will tremendously help you in your understanding of scripture. Number one, though, and don't forget it, you need to remember to pray before, during, after, whenever. You need to pray for the understanding. I appreciate y'all listening to the Bible Discussion Podcast.